You're listening to the ESP, the European Skeptics Podcast, an independent weekly show in support of European-level actions within the skeptical movement. The ESP is run by individuals representing different skeptical groups from across the continent. This is episode 222. I'm your host, Andras Pinter, and joining me for the show are my co-hosts, Jelena Levin and Pontus Böckmann. Sziasztok! Всем привет! Hey, son, hey, son! Woohoo! Woohoo! Two, two, two! Two hundred and twenty-two. You know what? No, what? That is the angel number. Is it? Don't you know? <gasps> yes. This is super exciting. I love angel numbers. It's my favorite. I have read that on the internet somewhere. So uh, I can quote it to you. When you begin to see the angel number two, two, two appear over and over, it is, is a sign from your angel guides that you are building <laughs> a phase of your life. The auspices are good, but you will need to do your part. And here comes a very good explanation. The number 222 is a combination of two, signifying balance, and 22, which is the number of the master builder. End quote. Oh. Isn't that fantastic? Well, we, we all know that <laughs> there are good things ahead of us and there are good things coming in. We just need to do our share. <laughs> we do that every week. But 222 is also one third of 666. Yeah. Oh, please. Where? <laughs> And there are three of us. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, right. So you can multiply. So then we are already there on the highway to hell. <laughs> I'm on a highway to hell. 666. Exactly. Wow, you're really stretching it now. <laughs> Not more than the others are doing on the internet. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to, to share. That is true. That is true. <laughs> In, in, yeah. Then we, we, I think we're doing pretty well then. Mm -hmm. So the bottom line is that we are on the road to hell. We are one third of the way there. But because there are three of us, the three of us combined, <laughs> we are already there. So yes. all hell can break loose now. FYI, yeah. it, it feels great to be in hell. So just for those who don't know, it's cozy <laughs> and warm and you hang out with your friends. So, you know. Yeah. yeah. And who better to share that with than Susan Gerbic? Oh, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> she's, she's there with us, yeah. at least for this episode. Definitely. Bless the internet. And uh, yeah, we had a nice chat with her. Very good. Mm. That you will be able to listen to later on. But first, I'd like to uh, say a couple of things. I don't know how many of our listeners have heard about it, but we did mention the John Maddox Prize and the nominations for the John Maddox, Maddox Prize uh, being open until the 11th of May. Now, the 11th of May will be two days before this podcast goes out. So uh, why am I mentioning this? The reason is that we are subscribers to the newsletter of Sense About Science, and uh, they sent out an email reminding us that uh, they extended the nominations uh, for the John Maddox Prize. So the John Maddox Prize is a recognition for those who stood up for science, even in times of difficulty, occasionally against very hard mm. opposition, sometimes very serious stuff. So uh, if you have someone to nominate, you have two more weeks to do so until the 26th of may and uh we will of course sh uh, share the sh uh, link on the show notes so you can find a button that says submit your nomination for the john maddox prize mm -hmm. but without further ado i think we should turn towards the next part of this episode which is our interview with susan gerby You know that occasionally we have someone to interview and uh, on occasion someone whom we had an interview with 
a long time ago. And one of those people is the one and only Susan Gerbic from the United States, from California, who's the leader of the international group Gorilla Skepticism on Wikipedia. Susan, welcome back to the show, finally. Yay! <laughs> I am so glad to see you guys. It feels really great to be oh here. Oh my gosh, it's so fantastic to have you here. We're almost neighbors, but not really. <laughs> We're in the same time zone. Well, mm, that's, right. that's right. Yeah, Pacific Standard Time. Yes. And you know, there are two and two, because we are in the same time zone with uh, Pontus. Yeah, I'd rather be with Jelena. Sorry. No, but really, Susan, it's been much too long. How have you been? Wow. When's the last time I talked to you guys? I don't know. Been a couple years? Two years ago. Two years? ago yeah when did we go on tour andras we went to uh that was three years ago susan so that's the last time that we've talked i think i mean we talked over online but i'm not sure about your last appearance on this show we should have looked it up but uh remember i wrote a bunch of articles about the trip that we took and so you were reading them out or talking about it one of you guys was talking about what was happening on the trip and um so you were kind of reading from the articles yeah and that and that was so i was kind of on but i wasn't there yeah so yeah Ah, so in in the last three years a lot has happened i mean a lot has happened tell us more about that first of all how are you everything's (laughs) fine i'm in california and so um we locked down here early Mm -hmm. and we haven't had hardly you know it's been pretty good it's pretty darn good we may have not hit our peak yet but other than that everything's fine Mm -hmm. okay so i have been busy with um putting together some some stings with psychics and i did a really big one i caught this one guy his name is thomas john and he mark and i went to the event with fake facebook profiles and the guy went and read all the fake facebook profiles back to us we recorded it (laughs) and the uh and we had a reporter from the new york times who uh was really involved Mm -hmm. and he reported back on it and then we did another sting with a different psychic just to show this the reporter how it's done and so we were in the new york times magazine which is like what million views or so something like that that was and that came out in february of 2019 and that was massive i got contacted by tons and tons and tons of production companies and and uh people and uh basically I turned them all down because uh i think it's just like a a thing you know where they they have to call everybody mm-hmm. Uh, well, and they also like looking for some like the next big thing, right? Oh, maybe Susan Gorbic will generate a series of, right. and we can make some money, and then also clickbait slash whatever. Uh, yeah, but, I mean, they they were really on me. I mean, you know, trying. They, I I got probably twenty people who were production companies. They're like, I read your thing in the New York Times. That was so interesting. You are just so fascinating. You're like, yeah. okay, that was great to hear the first time or two, but then you start hearing it the third. <laughs> fourth and fifth time you're like this is a scam or what is this like no no we produced this and we produced that i mean they're all reputable things but i learned a lot about um well maybe not enough but some wanted to do documentaries some wanted to do like a series and i thought you know i would ask them like what do you think i do you're gonna film me 
on the computer organizing i mean what would you what would you film i mean it takes that's an interesting question hours and hours and hours to put these things together but it's online you know i'm not you know type 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 here i am with a cat and then type 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 here's another the cat's asleep now and i mean what would you it's it's, it's not like i put on this Cape, and I'm like superhero. <laughs> there is a, there's a psychic out there who's giving information, talking to people's dead people. I'm going to get into my helicopter with my cape, and I'm going to go off. And I'm going to save the. Tell them you are a bad person. Don't do that anymore. And they're going to film me. Is, isn't how how skeptics tend to think of themselves sometimes? Though so. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so after exposing these two psychics, we've heard about those type of stories with James Randi and other people trying to do that. Mm -hmm. And they just keep coming back and not even a dent being made and whatever. So are they still operating? Do you know if they're still alive and touring? And Oh my gosh. Here's what happened. Is they were in the New York Times and uh, one we caught and one we didn't catch. He was a cold reader and he didn't read us. And it wasn't myself that went. We sent uh, Kenny Biddle and his wife Donna Biddle and four skeptics um, that live on the East Coast, which is, you know, a long ways away from me over by um, Philadelphia. And that sting was done just to show the New York Times reporter how to do it. The reporter was involved by, he attended everything. He watched all the Skype calls. He watched all the, um, he was involved in everything so that he would be able to report it back. But we'd already caught Thomas John. That was the guy who um, Mark and I had went to see in Hollywood. So what happened is, is we knew the New York Times article was going to come out. So what GSOW, the Wikipedia team that, that um, I run, what we did is we wrote the Wikipedia page for the one psychic we caught. And notability is really hard to prove in Wikipedia. You just can't write a Wikipedia page for somebody. But this guy was notable enough. He had a TV show called Seatbelt Psychic. And he had, and I exposed that as well. Hmm. And so what happened is, is that we were able to get the moment the New York Times article came out and we also had written other articles that timed it exactly so that whenever the media was looking for this guy, you know, he's in the New York Times, they were going to his Wikipedia page. And so the Wikipedia page has been written really clearly and um, with great citations explaining who he is what he did and so on and so that's really harmed his reputation i'm sure because we hear from people all the time that they've read his wikipedia page and now they realize oh my gosh this guy is you know so the wikipedia page he can't do anything about it he's hmm. you know and it's written correctly, even though it is all critical, because that's the only citations that exist. There's no, there's no article out there that we can use on his Wikipedia page that's positive, explaining how he's really speaking to the dead, right? <laughs> now, this guy has, in Vegas, he has a show in Vegas. It's a live show at Caesars, which is one of the big uh, casinos mm -hmm. there. So he really did do okay but we we sent a team of people in i have uh there's skeptics in vegas and they went in and they attended different nights and we went and we watched and we recorded and then i re 
reported back on that. So his numbers started dropping. Um, we saw what he was doing. We could see how he was. He had plants in the audience. People would write on his Facebook page. He would say, tonight's the night. You guys are going to come out to my show tonight in Vegas. And people would go, yes, I really want to get in touch with my uncle Joey or whatever. And so then we would go to the show and I'd say, okay, there's somebody in this audience whose name is Catherine and she wants to see her uncle Joey and she has a dog and she has this because I can look at their Facebook page just as easily yeah, as, as he can look at the Facebook sure. page. Yeah. So we recorded it and we could find it. And sure enough, there he is. She There's Catherine with her uncle Joey and the dog and they come through <laughs> and we predicted it because we could see the Facebook page. So mm-hmm. uh, it was just hot reading. Anyway, he did not predict this COVID <laughs> in the lockdown. He, you know, one more psychic who didn't see it coming, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's all locked down. Vegas is locked down. Stand in the line. It's unfortunate. Yeah. Right. So he's, uh, I don't know what he's doing and how he's handling it. But the other psychic, his name is Matt Frazier. He's got a TV show also. And I think he's doing really well. But we also wrote his Wikipedia page and it is, you know, jam packed with all the facts. So, you know, I guess they'll be in business for a while. But, you know, what can he do? When it comes to activism, there's only so much you can do. And and this is, I think, the smartest way of doing it. Yeah. You made a dent, I guess. And, and this is a... I know we made a dent. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, when... and you proved a point as well. Yeah. yeah. Oh, many, many. If you read the Wikipedia pages for these guys, you will just go, oh my gosh. Hmm. <laughs> How are they still in business? Yeah. But, you and know... so I want to just quickly explain for those listeners who don't know what your your group actually does. You and the guys that you collaborate with, you write Wikipedia pages, but you always follow all the rules, all the right rules. Mm-hmm. And you, your kind of focus is skeptic articles specifically and stuff like that, like about these, uh, I call them charlatans. <laughs> <laughs> I like it when you use that, a happy clappy. I think that's so funny when you say that, the happy clappy churches and stuff. Um, it cracks me up when yeah. you say that. I don't know if it's your accent or it's just so your your I don't know. It's just cute the way you say it. Probably my accent. Well, we focus on science pages and pseudoscience pages. Yeah, which is very satisfying. Like this particular example is an awesome example of the exactly the type of activism that your group does and the type of change you can make. And you know, if anybody's googling events for like psychics and they come across these two, mm-hmm. they might not even attend those anymore, right? Right. And we've written many Wikipedia pages for for psychics, and not just this one. There's one in, in uh, yeah. here it's really popular his name is Tyler Henry he's the Hollywood mm. medium yeah. and uh, his Wikipedia page I've written enormous amount of articles about him and his Wikipedia page is scathing but he gets a lot of views on his Wikipedia page and so we know that we're having an effect because we can see like what will happen is he'll be in the media like somebody will do an article about him and they're quoting the Wikipedia page so we know that the media is getting their information from the Wikipedia page. So we're having a huge effect. I know we are. And I, I think that mm-hmm. this is the ultimate way of activism because this is information that they can't control. And you're putting it out in a way that, like you said, Jelena, you know, they just do a Google search and immediately that's the first thing they see is a Wikipedia page that goes yeah. way up in the rankings. So whenever they look at that, just out of curiosity, maybe they say, oh, he's he's so adorable. How old is he? Oh, I'll just check his Wikipedia page. And and then it's like, bam, the lead, the first few sentences of the article are very carefully written because we want to make sure that the person goes to the Wikipedia page and, and gets within 
you know, a minute or two, the gist yeah. of who this person is. And then also, if you Google somebody on the right hand side of a Google search, there's like a little information box that pops up. Yeah. And that little mm-hmm. box is usually has a picture of the person and a, like maybe a sentence or two. Mm-hmm. That's pulling it from the Wikipedia page. Wikipedia. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. They've, yeah. they've recently changed wow. that. So do you mm-hmm. want to throw some stats at us uh, around <laughs> the number of sure. pages you do per month and the views you get because I love those stats they're quite incredible (laughs) (laughs) right so what we do is we track all of our Wikipedia pages every time we do a I mean we we maintain a lot of Wikipedia pages we fix them up we make sure that they stay vandalism free we um, just add small citations add photographs so we can't track what we do on those pages because that would just be in insane to try to Mm. track all all that but what we do is we keep track of every time we write a wikipedia page and we write in multiple languages Um, every time we write a wikipedia page completely or if we completely rewrite a wikipedia page we keep track and i'm gonna look right here now fresh off the press and see what we are so we have written 1,360 78 Wikipedia pages. Uh, What? We just added one today in Spanish. That's only the ones that are more or less from scratch, right? From scratch or completely rewritten. Wow. So we keep track of those pages. We only look at how many people have viewed those. And we're at 60,979,248 at this moment. So we're just... A schmizzion away from 61 million page views. Yeah. Well, we can just say it's 61 million. <laughs> yeah. Well, by the time this comes out, it'll be almost 62 million by then. But yeah, so we're really experiencing some surges because we've written some really big pages in the last month that are really, people are attracting a lot of eyes. Netflix, everybody's home watching Netflix right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. And there was a... Uh, a movie that a documentary coming out called Unorthodox. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's a, it's amazing. I love that. Yeah, I watched it too. Well, we wrote the Wikipedia page for the author. Her name is Deborah Feldman. Well, we rewrote it. It was a stub, so we rewrote it. And since we rewrote it, not even a month, it's been viewed eight hundred and eighty-one thousand times. And then we, Rob Palmer, one of our editors, he did both. He he did the he was watching the show at, during Passover just because, you know, yeah. and he says, this is great. This is a great show. He says, but her Wikipedia page is awful. I'm going to rewrite it. So he did. And then he went and said, I'm going to rewrite. I'm going to write a Wikipedia page for the book. So there's a book. It's called Unorthodox, the Scandalous Rejection of My Hasidic Roots. And that Wikipedia page has been read 233,000 times. Mm-hmm. We also wrote the Wikipedia page for coronavirus disease. That's kind of like a catch-all for all of the coronaviruses. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, it has SARS and all that. So it didn't actually exist? No, it existed, but it, was well, it wasn't well written. Ah, okay. So we rewrote it. Fantastic. And that page is, has been getting a lot of hits. So it's not the coronavirus 19 one. It's the... It's the overarching one, yes. The more... Because, ju- yeah, yeah, so we rewrote with that. Okay, because I, I just wanted to to ask that, ask about that, because I know that uh, there are a lot of uh, medic- medicine-related articles that are very well-written, and there are a lot of... Uh, medical people, medically trained people, who write up those articles, and and some some are absolutely good reference points. Yes, from a medical point of view. Yeah, we don't touch those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it wasn't that. Okay. No, it wasn't that. This was something that was a page that was kind of 
I don't know, it wasn't really clear and it didn't have any photographs on it. Mm-hmm. We've had it out since uh, April 7th and it's 109,000 page views. So what we did is uh, we're trying to write these Wikipedia pages to be readable to somebody who has like a high school education. That's that's the goal. So not really advanced words and, and it should be interesting because we'd like them to start at the top and work their way down to the bottom. So when we write sciencey pages like this, and we have several people on our team who are scientists or, or who have, you know, PhDs yeah, yeah. in certain yeah. areas. So when they write a Wikipedia page, the goal is, can I, Susan Gerbeck, who ha- do, does not have a degree in science, can I understand it? You know, can I read it and come out of it feeling like, oh, I got it. So this page, we had to have a lot of photographs. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I want some, put some pictures up of, of the viruses. And they're like, okay. So they went and they found the, you know, the diagrams of the different, you know, SARS and, and COVID-19 and um, they put them up. And then we had a long discussion about, is it part of the cold, you know, like your common cold is also part of a coronavirus disease. So we had a discussion about that and we had to find really great citations to prove that. And apparently it's true. And um, so we got all those on there. We've also written a Wikipedia page in Spanish that's getting a ton of hits. It's called, my Spanish is so bad now. Go for it. Tierra de la Concepción de las Estrellas Quimas. I don't know how to say that. But anyway, that's a Wikipedia page for theories of coronavirus conspiracies. Oh, oh my gosh. That's mm-hmm. so excellent. Right, right. And so that's at 94,000 page views already. So, um, well, you know. Yeah, we report uh, on Spain a lot because they have a very active skeptic society there and they're doing an amazing job. Yeah, well. I think that uh, we've got to get these Wikipedia pages written in a lot of languages. Andras has been really busy today or yesterday. I don't know what time it is anymore. It's just like, yeah. I'm lucky I know what day of the week it is. It's just one long... It doesn't matter anymore. In this in this work from home world, it really does not matter if it's Monday or Sunday. Mm-hmm. The only difference is day drinking. That's how you know it's weekend. <laughs> <laughs> and I stole that joke from Brad. So oh, okay. All right. We had a, I had breakfast for dinner tonight, so uh, uh, I, I don't know anything. Yeah, that's the other thing. Like, I don't care. Yeah, your daily routine is completely messed up. Well, it's, I'm I'm yeah. retired, and so retired and in lockdown, it's <laughs> I don't know. It's just been weird. But Andras, tell us tell us what you've been doing. It's pretty exciting. No, we we've been reporting a lot on five uh, G conspiracies and five G in general. And uh, I've looked up uh, the Hungarian 5G Wikipedia page and it was basically just the stuff. So it's I decided that I had to do something about it. And the problem was that the information that was there was mainly leaning towards it being a bit of an alarmist kind of Ooh. writing about the possible health effects of 5G and, and why it shouldn't be happening. So that was a technical part that I didn't really touch, but uh, I don't really intend to. But I basically did what you explained earlier, Susan, that is the lead Mm -hmm. has to be written properly. Mm -hmm. And uh, I started with that and now I'm working on the health effects side and uh, the conspiracy theories surrounding it. So I'm going to try and write it up properly. But what I wanted to bring in is um, that we keep talking about how we rewrite articles and how your group does that uh, uh, a lot of the times. But 
What does that mean? So you cannot just write up something that uh, that's from a skeptical point of view and push the skeptical agenda because <laughs> it will not be a balanced article that Wikipedia wants us to write. Right. So how, how do you do that? So how do you take care of the wording that it's not directly confrontational so it has a better chance of surviving, let's say? So what are the, the main points that you have to keep in mind? Well, we train. So we train people from the beginning. In fact, I do all the training. So um, we have a lot of lessons. It takes about two months, two and a half months to, to fully go through our training. It all happens on a Google document and over Facebook. Mm -hmm. So what happens is that once you pass our pre-training, which is like about two hours worth of just checking us out and you have a little small lesson you have to do, then we put you into the secret cabal, which is a secret Facebook group with your peers. And when you go into the secret cabal, you'll find out there's people from all over the world. You have to put on your cape and everything. <laughs> Yeah. No, so you're there with a bunch of people, some people who've been there for a few weeks, some people who've been there for, you know, years. Oh my gosh, we've been doing this almost 10 years now. Wow. And wow. you're there with your peers and you go through the training and you work with me and you go through the lessons and um, you're taught from very beginning how to make a citation, how to insert a photograph, how to word things. And you, we go through the whole, all the lessons with you. And then eventually you're at a point where you're rewriting a Wikipedia page. Now, um, we're really careful about how we make sure that we explain this. You, and you, you learn things as you go along about like what you can put in a Wikipedia article. You cannot use a blog. You can't use a website. You can't use whatever. It has to be a notable reputable citation from some place that has journalistic integrity. So we can't use something like Breitbart. We can't use something like the Daily Mail. We can't use natural news, answers in Genesis, or anything that's like a bloggy kind of thing. So if we're writing about a psychic, uh, we can use an article um, that is from the New York Times, or it's an article from um, you know, a mainstream journal or a mainstream uh, newspaper or a news program on TV or something that that has some sort of control. So yeah. all the time when you're training with us, we're always showing you how to cite it correctly, what you can use, what you can't use. Now, we're supposed to put weight in a Wikipedia article, which means that it's not supposed to be totally biased one way or the other. But sometimes it's going to happen where it is biased one way because there's no other side necessarily. I mean, if you were writing about somebody who's really great, like uh, Tom Hanks, I mean, what a nice guy. You know, he's an actor. He's just such a good guy. What an amazing actor. Yeah. yeah. I mean, where are you going to find criticism to put on his Wikipedia page? There's no, you can't balance it because there really isn't anything. So same with the psychic. We can only put things in that are from reputable, notable sources. <laughs> well, that's coming from the skeptic community because we are writing those articles, you know, collectively as a community, not my team, but people are researching it and they're looking into it and then they're writing articles about it and then it goes into the wikipedia article the moment that he is these psychics are able to prove that they are speaking to the dead and they can get you know journalists going yes here's the evidence and we can look at that evidence well damn it let's put it into the wikipedia article 
but we're still waiting because hmm. that hasn't happened because <laughs> they can't. Hmm. But so one of the things we've been focusing on a lot lately, I'm really trying to focus our team is on is uh, vaccines. This is our new thing. We've spent a lot of time working on vaccines in the past. Let me look real quick. We've written 47 Wikipedia pages concerning vaccines. Mm. And those 47 Wikipedia pages have been viewed 901,000 exactly. We focus on science and scientific skepticism and the paranormal. And we really believe that, well, this is my opinion, is that I think that all the years that we've been talking about vaccines and why it's important to vaccinate and how to counter the argument with the vaccine denialists or anti-vaxxers, that has been really important. And we talk about it all the time. But in about a year or a year and a half or whatever, when this COVID-19 vaccine comes out, Everything we've ever said, everything we've ever done is going to be tenfold. This is on everybody's mind, even now. And Mm. when it gets close to coming out, the crazies are going to come out of the woodwork, even more than you're seeing now and even more than you saw before. So it is imperative, in my opinion, that we make sure that the Wikipedia pages concerning all virologists that are notable, all people from the past, all medications, companies, groups, anybody who's doing anything concerning virology, vaccine creation, anything of that sort, spokespeople in in that world, they need to have well-written, amazing Wikipedia pages in all languages written in a way where people can just start at the top and work their way down and and get great content because the media needs to know who to interview. The media needs to know who to reach out to, who are credible people to do. And we need to do this in all languages, not just English, because if they're trying to find a Hungarian virologist to interview and they want to know who's credible, they need to be able to you know, Google it or whatever they need to do. And they go, this person right here, this is the person we need to be talking to. And, and we also write the Wikipedia pages for the anti-vaxxers and the anti-vax groups, because we want to make sure that the media is able to know who these people are. Cause they, they couch their names by like child safety vaccines of Canada or something, you know, and you're not quite sure, you know, is that a anti-vax group? Is that a, sounds like it's a legit group, you know? So we we have to make sure that the media gets those as well. And the easiest way to do this right now is to look like, so in Drash, in your case, you would have, um, you would look at the media. Who are the respected scientists right now who are giving the information about COVID? are explaining vaccines who are who are there in the media right now that people are watching and those wikipedia pages need to be amazing in hungarian Mm -hmm. and then all the languages and let's get all those spokespeople get their pages written well so that when we get to that point then we will have i hope a less confusion and less misinformation so I think that we can really, the GSOW team can really, really help in the long run to re-educate people, to get great information out there. It's a daunting task. <laughs> One of your slogans is, and I really like that, is that you will be educating the world in your sleep. Yep. Mm-hmm. So 
you you put in the work during the day you you write up the article and it will be there until someone comes along and tries to change it river the whole thing or change it, or it it rarely happens it so rarely happens that we don't even cons we don't even think about it anymore people yeah, yeah. will come in and maybe yeah. play around with it a little bit but usually what we do is we we write it in our sandbox which means we write it in our user space and then we give it to the cabal the secret cabal looks at it and goes through it and says you know can you expand on this or that's kind of confusing or can you change that word to this word or they fix your grammar mm -hmm. and then we paste it and make it live and then it's it's complete so it's really difficult for people to start messing with the wikipedia page whenever it's yeah. like turning out a novel it's like there it's it's not something they're going to fuss on they usually walk away and the other thing is that when when you want to let's say revert something to its uh former form mm -hmm. or you want to delete something or you want to change something there has to be a good enough reason for that mm -hmm. so the editorial community will jump right in and try to defend that if it was good stuff that you you wanted to get rid of in the first place right so what i i find really appealing about this uh, wikipedia editing stuff and the work you do and you guys are amazing <laughs> is that you said yourself that uh, it's the ultimate way of activism. At home. And that's because it's not directly confrontational. Yeah. You don't go up to someone and tell them that they're stupid idiots for believing in something and try to convince them with a lot of evidence. But you just throw the evidence out there and you can rest assured that they will find it because everyone uses Wikipedia. Everyone. You start a Google search, the first thing that comes up, if there is an article on it, will be a wikipedia page mm -hmm. and that wikipedia page has to be written written well and in an engaging format and in a in a correct format uh but we have to bear in mind that it's the lead mm -hmm. that most people will read only mm -hmm. because a lot of people will not browse through the whole page no so this is why it's important for the lead to be correctly written right yeah the lead and personal life for me I, and i always when i look at yeah. yes yeah, yeah. when i look at people i'm like ah personal life they, they i read an article i think it was in the <laughs> new york times they were talking about it they said you know let's all admit it we're jumping to personal life on wikipedia when we're <laughs> when we're reading about somebody mm -hmm. and you know more than just that people are going to find it in their first first few hits the first few hits when you google something more than that as i said is that it's coming up in the bit right there the, the upper right hand corner yeah the upper right hand corner that, it has yeah. a name i can't think of what it's called but the point is is that the media is using it and we know the media uses it because as i said we're finding that they're quoting our wikipedia pages and we keep coming across these and so we know that they're you know the media especially nowadays they're just overwhelmed they're science journalists you know it's not as big a deal anymore they've had to let go a lot of journalists it's it's um not very profitable mm -hmm. so people are not working with large teams of people who are there to fact check them so what they're doing is they're they're just going in and, and learning from wikipedia they're finding who they should interview by looking at wikipedia a lot of the time they're finding their facts from wikipedia so they're going to report crap if the wikipedia page is crap mm. so you really have to mm. make sure that we're educating the media plus all those kids out there who are just 
blatantly plagiarizing our <laughs> Wikipedia. You know, they're home. They're just quoting Wikipedia. You know, we've got it. We got to make sure that they're getting the best facts we possibly can. And as you said, this is something you can do at home. You're not confrontational. You, you're uh, social distancing for people mm-hmm. a lot. And our team is very social. So because we're on Facebook and we're interacting with each other, it's like, you know, you're hanging out with your friends and they're all over the world friends. And it's such a cool group to belong to. I think we have 130 people. They'll say back in the old days, remember when we were able to travel in things called airplanes and and (laughs) (laughs) remember that? So my team members, they'll be traveling to go on a business thing and they'll they'll go and they'll hang out with somebody in whatever country it is they're visiting and they'll have coffee with them or whatever. And, you know, we have zoom hangouts. And so it's kind of like a insular group where BS is not allowed. And we're really, we're really tough on each other in some ways though. We really want to make sure that the criticism we give is all kindly given, Mm -hmm. but we really want to make sure that the work we turn out is quality as best we possibly can. So there's, a lot of feedback. Yeah. So how, how many countries are represented in the group right now? And is there any specific country that you really are missing at the moment? How many countries? Well, it's really hard to say. The majority of the people who edit for our team are American or they're Australian. Mm-hmm. And that's because I'm on uh, the skeptic zone a lot. Mm, yeah. And um, I have gone to Australia twice now and I've been to New Zealand twice and uh, the Australians are just a unique kind of personality and I I (laughs) hate to generalize them this way but they tend to be these people who say that's really crazy and impossible when do we start you know that's kind of that's kind of seems to be their attitude i don't i don't know why but we have some europeans but nowhere as many as we we need we started translating some of our training documents into other languages we've started czech portuguese spanish and german and a I think we're getting ready for Italian. So what we've done is taken some of the beginning lessons that people have to go through for training with us, and we've getting them. Tra- uh, we're using s- screenshots in that language. So if they were learning in Czech, they would see the lesson equivalent to the English lesson, but they would be looking at examples in Czech or in Portuguese. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to get that taken care of because I do all the training. People do need to have some English skill to be able to train with us. We're fine with Google Translate if you're fine with Google Translate, but we want people who are going to be editing in these other languages to be able to see what it's like to edit in that language because all the different languages have different rules. So if you're editing in German, there's a different rule than other languages, Hungarian or Swedish or whatever. What rules are you referring to? Um, I think I remember you were having a lot of trouble using YouTube as a citation back in the day. Yes, yes, Right? Okay, that's not true in some other languages. That's fine. Some languages will not allow you to make the edit unless somebody with more seniority looks at the edit before it's live, which is crazy. You couldn't do that in English. And by seniority, I mean so many Wikipedia edits. I have one guy who's over in uh, South Africa. His name is Wyatt. And he doesn't like to have anybody, you know, talking uh, about how awesome he is. But he writes in <laughs> Afrikaans. And this one person has been with me maybe a, a year. 
And he's written 125 pages in Afrikaans. Wow. And that's the language of South Africa. Which is a, a subgroup of Dutch, isn't it? And it's, yes. And so, yeah, yeah. like Leon, who's over there in the Netherlands, he um, <laughs> he can read it. He says it just feels weird, but he can read the Afrikaans. So he's written these 125 pages in Afrikaans, and they've been viewed 28,000 times, which is you know, a small amount, but it's so cool. These are Wikipedia pages that never existed, I think, on measles. That, I think, was a stub, and he wrote it in Afrikaans, and it's a quality article. He, uh, <laughs> people would be shocked to see how amazing their Afrikaans Wikipedia pages are in, in these qualities. And we like them to pick, you know, like, I really like it whenever people write the Wikipedia pages about people who are in that language you know so yeah. scientists who are from south africa i think it's it's just the most amazing thing because you say the kids are reading about their peers or well scientists of of their um, country and i think that we need to get away from this idea that the world is an english-speaking world I, you know i'm on the esp so it's kind of silly you guys have already understood that it's not an english-speaking world out there yeah it's kind of the reason why we exist yeah yeah yeah, yeah kind of and so i think that you hear from all these other places you know there's so many podcasts and things out there that are english speaking and everybody focuses on the english this english that and you know, we got to get over that. There are conferences out there that are, are not in English. And there are some amazing scientists and people who are doing amazing work. And I've heard a lot of people on the ESP that you guys have interviewed that are just quality people that nobody would have heard of until you guys interviewed them. And when you've interviewed them, we can turn around and use that interview as a, a citation on their Wikipedia page. Yay. Not to prove notability, because it requires a lot more to prove notability. But we can use it as like a to build the Wikipedia, the body of the Wikipedia page mm -hmm. um, once you guys have interviewed them. And I mean, I've heard interviews from people in Romania and Spain and Sweden and Switzerland and I mean, all over the place. And I think that this is a very, very important project that you guys have done. And I know it gets tedious putting out a show every week, but I think that what you guys are doing is really amazing and important and constantly reminding the English speaking world, because obviously you're doing this in English that hey you know there's a lot going on over here in Europe and we've got our own pretty awesome people here too and I think that we're going to learn more about them that's the idea yeah <laughs> I, I love it I think it's fantastic it's it's far beyond needed to be done I'd like to see a lot more podcasts in other languages too that are skeptic related mm -hmm. I know we have a Czech um one of our Czech editors, he has a podcast in Czech, and I wouldn't even begin to say what it is <laughs> in Czech. <laughs> the Italians do have a Radio Cicap as well. Um, mm. that's, that's yeah, and he has, a, he has a YouTube channel. Mazamo, Mazamo has a wonderful YouTube channel. But it's interesting with with the podcasts is really um depending on which european country you take podcasts either are very well known or nobody heard about them so like latvia where i'm from uh -huh. nobody listens to well it's not well known medium right 
podcasts. What's that? It was a case in Hungary a couple of years ago, but it's changing now. Yeah, so it's coming. People are starting to listen to. But what, I know that Sweden is a bit better, right? Pontus on Swedish. Yes, Swedish people listen to podcasts all the time uh, in Swedish and in English. You guys did a show on this once, talking about the popularity of podcasts, didn't you? In other languages, mm-hmm. years ago, we might have mentioned that. I don't think we did it specifically about that, but we, we've definitely, yeah, I don't we, think we've so. definitely discussed it in the past. That it seemed to be slow making it into some some of the European countries, the podcasting thing, uh, and also depending. Like for example, we have friends in uh, Bulgaria, so this this huge organization, Ratio, mm-hmm. and they doing such a great w- work around the skepticism and this movement, they've got a podcast going. So they'll probably introduce that into the general population and people will get excited about this. So it depends who drives the podcasting, right? And Susan is quite familiar with Ratio because uh, Lubo Baburov was uh, with us on the tour. <laughs> was on the trip, yeah. Oh yeah, and I spoke in Sofia. He said, oh, we're not really doing the skepticism stuff. We're more of a uh-huh. science community. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, I shouldn't be calling them. Yeah. I got there and I sat down with those people and they loved, they were like all into skepticism. I don't have any Bulgarian editors. Want this, you asked me a question about where, what do I need? And we need everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm serious. Even mm-hmm. if you don't speak another language other than, you know, if you're monolingual, like as most Americans are, uh, if you only spoke English, that's just fine because you can still write a great page in English and then somebody else can translate it into their language and that and it's easy because they just tra- they're doing a direct translation instead of having to do all the research themselves but what we're really really missing is any of the Asian languages mm. I had one person who was trying to, she was saying that she was going to join I haven't heard back from her yet she um, speaks Vietnamese but I have no one in, in any Asian language and we never have actually um, I'd love to see a lot more people from the Middle East um, speak Arabic or you know but but those areas are quite difficult to reach it probably is the case that we haven't really as a movement we haven't really found out how to reach those areas you yourself mm-hmm. so you were there mm-hmm. and you contacted people from which country which were we talking about when I went to Hong Kong yeah Hong Kong yeah 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 and China I was in China but all the people that I met were almost everybody that I met were expatriates from um, yes. Canada uh-huh. and United oh, okay. States and right. so they so they weren't locals so but I know they're there and they live on podcasts I mean when I went to talk to the Hong Kong skeptics they were telling me that podcasters are just like amazing they're like the heroes they're the stars <laughs> because nobody goes to hong kong to in the skeptic community so when somebody like myself came over it was like oh my gosh you know i'm like it's just me you know <laughs> they're like oh wow you came to hong kong i'm like well you paid my way so <laughs> of course i'm gonna come to hong kong you know nice little gig yeah it was yeah. really amazing because to go to these countries they feel forgotten and and the english-speaking world that is uh, that who would come to Hong Kong. So when I when I get the question who what languages do I need? I need everything and I need 20 of each. So I mean if you speak uh, Lithuanian or or you know more Afrikaans or anything, I we need everything and 
20,000 of each one of them. It's so much work. <laughs> well, you know, this is an unpaid thing. It's a volunteer. It's completely run by volunteers. And so, you know, people have lives. They have cats and they have dogs and they have children and they have, and, you know, they have a lot of things going on. So we can't get people to write constantly. It's not like we're just turning out page after page every day. We probably turn out a Wikipedia page every day, sometimes several, but um, that's because my team is just freaking awesome. And also <laughs> because they're locked down right now. So <laughs> have a little more time. That helps, right? <laughs> that helps a little bit. And then I find them on Facebook and I'll see that they're just like, you know, doing whatever they're talking about. Like, what's your favorite music? Or what's this? Or what's that? And I'm like, hey, I see you have some free time. So, uh, <laughs> you know that project you were working on? How's that going? <laughs> They're like, oh, yeah, I was just working on that right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, because I can check up on them that way. So, <laughs> and I'm like a, you know, mom or something. So, having a editor in Swedish or a editor in German is not enough. Because we're trying to change all Wikipedia pages concerning science and scientific skepticism. And that is... Like I say, it's insane. I mean, it's just ridiculous. And when we started this project over 10 years ago, I don't know what we were thinking. This is just like, really? <laughs> You're going to change all the Wikipedia pages concerning science and pseudoscience? Yeah. And we're going to do it in all languages possible. I mean, doing just that. <laughs> and we're doing it. We're doing it. And we're making a difference. 61 million. Yeah. I say aim big. Never mind. Yeah. I mean, you know, what am I going to do? I can work in my garden only so many hours a day. I'm not getting to the podcast. I'm I'm so behind in my podcast because I have no commute anymore. And... <laughs> We're staying home. Well, we'll definitely spread the word, you know, for, to well, please, all our yeah. listeners, as so we I, always I, do. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yes, you guys have been awesome. What I want to say is that um, if people out there are interested, we do have a website. It's gsowproject.org. And I really want you to come and visit with me at Facebook. So don't be shy. You can friend me on Facebook, Susan Gerbic, and send me a private message. We're very informal with our GSOW project. Please don't send me an email with Ms. Gerbic. I am, you know, and you're so proper. Ma'am. And, and I'm not that <laughs> person. Captain. So, yeah, yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. No, we're not that way. So just send me a private message and say, I heard you on, on the ESP and... I want to join the project. What do I do? And what I need is your email and I need your Wikipedia username and I need to know what languages you want to edit in. Hey, you know what? I have a really funny idea I just thought of. You guys have sent me some editors over the years. Did you know that? Uh, that have come just from here. I I, th I think you must have, might have said that in the past or maybe yeah. not. I'm not I, sure. I know that's been a few. Yeah. And so we mm -hmm. still have editors. Let me look really, really quick and see what kind of impact the ESPs had. Ooh. You guys have your own Wikipedia page, right? Yes, we do. Yes. Thanks to one of your editors. I keep forgetting. And it's such a weird thing that we do. Yeah. <laughs> the, oh, yeah. Here's one. Oh, yeah. Pavel. He's the guy who is telling you that has Pavel, the, yeah. the Czech uh, uh, podcast mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. I wouldn't want to pronounce. He's from... He's been working on the training for in the Czech. He's our only Czech editor, I believe. And I was supposed to be going over to Rome this 
last March, but there was this COVID thing that came out. You would have met up with Massimo there. Oh, yes, definitely. I had talked to him. And Claire as well. Yes, of course. Yeah, Claire. I think she she was going to go as well. Yep, she was going to be there. Annika? Oh, yeah. Annika? Annika? Who was just on the show? Yes, of course. Our our unofficial correspondent. She's one of our GSO editors. She's wonderful. We love her to pieces. Ernesto Berger who is one of my main Spanish editors who just wrote a Wikipedia page today on some kind of really weird therapy that you lay on the ground and you do exercise. I don't even... He's from the ESP. He came just from ESP. I have another one. When's the report on that exercise thing? (laughs) It was really weird. Steve Hoppet. That's a friend of Pontus's. That's right. He's with our team. Adam, my only Polish editor. He's written a lot of Polish uh, Wikipedia pages for us. He's a fabulous guy. We met him at the... uh, European Skeptic Congress um, three years ago. Yes. He came from the ESP. So did Ralph McFadden, who speaks several languages. He's he's done a lot. So, I mean, I've got several people who've come to our project that have heard about the DSOW project on the ESP, and I really appreciate that, you guys. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is how I get editors from, yeah, we badly need better representation from the European countries and that you guys are going to have yeah. to help me out because yeah. that's it. There are openings. Are my... There are openings. <laughs> yeah. We try. Yeah, I have plenty. I'm just sitting here with nothing to do, you guys. Train is all I do. Well, that's that's it. And this is the perfect reminder now for everybody who, who wants to do that. And your last name spelled G-E-R-B-I-C, Gerbic, for those who want to find you on Facebook. Are you guys also on Twitter? Yes, we are. We are on Twitter. It's G-S-O-W underscore team. Mm-hmm. Perfect. People can check us out on Facebook. We have a Facebook page also and a Twitter page. And we even have an Instagram one, but we don't really update that as much. But people can look at the different work we've done and they can go through and they can see our Twitter feed and they can just look at the different quality of the ideas that you know, the work we do. And so that might inspire them to say, oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, I can train anybody. I, I really can. So as long as your computer and you have Facebook. Yep. And you don't have to use Facebook for anything but the secret cabal. You just have, we just use it for messaging and for our hidden groups. So if you don't like Facebook, that's fine. Just, just yeah, set your preferences so that. Wink, wink, Yelena. Wink, wink. I am uh, trying to not comment. <laughs> <laughs> we just found it's the easiest way of, of, of running a group. We've tried forums. We've tried email. We've tried all kinds of other things and it's all failed. We're just too social and we need to be able to message each other back and forth. And there is another thing that you mentioned that whenever someone contacts you, you would like them to send their, you their email address and their Wikipedia editor username. Uh, mm-hmm. name. Login. But yeah. I think we need to emphasize, because it might put people off from contacting you, that even if they haven't had any experience with Wikipedia, if they haven't set up a username on Wikipedia yet, they should still contact you if they want to. Right. It can be part of the whole educational program, the whole training program that you provide, that you can help someone set up a a Wikipedia uh, username as well. So even if it is from scratch, 
Yeah. But people want to do this, they should contact you. The, it's super easy. Yeah. I remember that setting up... Uh, it, it is, it, but something unknown is is always something that that can uh, keep yeah. people from doing stuff. Right. No, sure, sure. Yeah, to be clear, yeah. absolutely, you're 100% right. We train people from nothing. Yeah. They have no skill at all other than they can use a computer they have um you know internet and um reasonable some skills you don't have to be great at grammar and spelling and all that that's fine somebody proofreads your your work and that's that's not a concern to us at all your english skills do not have to be perfect you just have to be able to have basic uh, skills in English to be able to communicate with me and we'll train you up fine I'll find you somebody to train you in your own language if possible but we you can start from the basics so but I do say you know come to me meet, meet me um, send me a message send me your email tell me what you want to do what questions you might have and you will need a Wikipedia username it's super simple to set up but it so when I say send me your username it's not because you already are an editor. It's because it could be brand new. Yeah. In fact, we like brand new people because you don't have bad habits. <laughs> <laughs> we could train you up right. All right. I, I, I think we should uh, somehow wrap up this uh, chat of ours. We <laughs> could be going on and on and on for, for ages, I think. It's just all friends. We want to see each other again. Yeah. So thank you very much for joining us today, Susan. And thanks a lot for doing what you do. That project just changes the world Mm -hmm. step by step. Page by page. Page by page, you are changing the world. (laughs) So thank you very much for doing that. And uh, take care. And I hope that when all this madness is over, then uh, we will have a chance to meet again in person. Right. We're coming back to Europe. I I can't wait. And it's so great to see you guys. It's been way too long. Please stay in touch. Yeah, yeah. we will. We might come to California because we have uh, mother friends who live there. So... Well, we're a big state, so come on down. I've got a spare room. <laughs> Actually, I was going to go on a tour to California. You need to be here. I can't believe you can't have been so long. Yeah, but got cancelled. Get your get over here. <laughs> All right. I yeah. live I live in the one of the most beautiful places in California. So All right. So Susan Gerbic, again, thank you very much and take care. Thanks a lot, Susan. Thanks, Susan. Bye bye. Bye bye. It's always so much fun t- talking to Susan. I love chatting with her. It was even nicer to do it in person when we traveled through the continent. But uh, Ah, you <laughs> did. You did. That was such a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Three years. Yeah. Now, I can't understand it was that long ago we talked to Susan on the show because, uh, you know, it seems like she's part of the team almost but uh, it's been a while so it was good to catch up yeah and uh we already announced not only once i think that uh she's uh the most likely candidate for the position of uh the godmother of this <laughs> podcast yeah because... if we believed in such things yes yeah and we can thank her for bringing us together <laughs> yeah yes she did she did bring us together very good yeah it's always good to catch up but um we never know how long it will be uh, when we start uh, t- chatting to Susan. And uh, at first we thought that uh, it might be just a, a shorter segment 
of an episode, but uh, we ended up uh, talking about so much stuff that um, this is a standalone interview episode. Yeah, yeah, no, right. And I had already prepared a lot about poking the Pope. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I'll have to wait for next week. But just a little teaser. There are conspiracies and intrigues among the cardinals to talk about. Ooh. There is a new biography about Benedict XVI, which really shows what a douchebag he is. Mm-hmm. He, it's even an authorized uh, biography. So he, he, didn't, he doesn't even realize himself how, how bad he is. And there is also news about Cardinal Pell. Uh, and he absolutely knew about all the sex abuse he was covering up, uh, if anybody ever doubted that. But you'll ha- hear more about that next week. Mm. Yeah, they live the most exciting lives, those <laughs> <laughs> yeah. cardinals. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and one would think that it only happened in the Middle Ages that those cardinals had very exciting lives. Uh, turns out not to be the case. Absolutely. Yeah. So, but you will have to wait for that mm-hmm. uh, until next week. But for this week, I would like to thank both of you for joining me and Susan. Thank you. Thanks, guys. And I'd like to thank our listeners as well for tuning in again. Please keep doing so. And until next week, goodbye. Paka paka. Hello. This has been your ESP experience. The show is produced and recorded by the ESP.eu. Join us again next time, but until then, please send your feedback, comments or death threats to info at the ESP.eu. We would also love to hear your ideas and suggestions regarding future episodes, as well as news from your country of residence that might interest others across the continent. If you have a local event or organization to promote, please don't hesitate to let us know, as we are more than happy to help. All music in the program was written and performed by Keisha J. Gray and George Schraub and is used with their permission. Please check out our webpage at www.theesp.eu, follow us on Twitter at espodcast underscore eu and like us on Facebook. I don't know how you can believe What's moving in the background? There was a weird noise, like a ghost or something. Not here. No, not here. Shh. Okay, what's here? Probably. Was a cat, probably. <laughs> Who's here? Is anybody talking? Yeah. Is there <laughs> anybody out there? <laughs> we should hold hands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do, the, do the sounds. But keep your distance, folks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And joining me for the show are my co-hosts, Yalan Lavin. Yelena Bastard. Yelena what, Bastard? Yelena... No. Yelena Bastard. I changed my name, FYI. No, no, Bosmak, that was a Hungarian swear word. I don't know if that's any better. No. Excuse me, guys. What? What's going on? My alarm just went off. Wakey, wakey. I forgot to turn it off. Sorry. Yeah. Ten. Is this one of those blooper moments? Eight. What's that? Sorry. What was that? Nothing.